Hey everyone, I'm Jordan Mello and you're listening to the Sanctus Church Podcast. Our mission here at Sanctus is to glorify God by reaching and enabling people of all ages and nations to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Let's prepare our hearts for what we're about to hear. The Christian walk is not static. That's why we call it a walk after all. Just as the seasons change, so does the landscape of our faith as we go through life. We've seen and heard these expectations of what a good Christian should do or look like or sound like. But this one-size-fits-all mindset falls short of God's plan for us. All of us, fearfully and wonderfully, have to keep finding out what it feels like and looks like to be faithful in each stage of life. Although our walks are unique, we're not alone. We're able to gain profound wisdom when we're open to discipleship with those who are further along the way and have walked similar paths. Firm faith is a mark of discipleship in each age and stage of life. Hey, Sanctus Church, good morning. We are so glad that you are joining us. You might be at Ajax or Pickering, Port Perry, Bowmanville, or online. You might be from another church. You might be listening somewhere in the world or somewhere in Canada or somewhere in Ontario. Again, no matter who you are, where you're coming from, so glad you're here. Now, obviously you're going, something is happening that's different today. And let me explain what we're up to. So we're in uh, the middle, actually at the end of this three-part series, all about how we grapple with our faith as life changes. So three weeks ago, we talked about how faith is passed down generationally, whether it's spiritually or biologically. Last week, Pastor Ange, who's right here, did a whole conversation on marriage, singleness, single again, and what God says about that and how we adjust. And we were uh, thinking and talking and praying, and you know, we came to the conclusion that uh, we needed to pause at the end of this series and have a conversation about something that I actually have rarely, if ever, seen addressed in a church context about expectations and seasons of life. And so uh, let me set it up like this, and then I'll explain why all of these lovely people are here and why this is going to be a little bit of a different experience. So uh, as I've hung out with people now for decades as a pastor, time and time again, when someone enters into a new season of life, uh, one of the things I observe is actually they don't well don't do well adjusting their spiritual walk to the new scenario, which leads actually to three really bad things: uh, apathy. This is just way too hard, so I'm going to give up. Or shame. I'm a terrible Christian and I suck and and I uh. Or guilt. I'm just going to work harder to have what I used to have, even though I'm in a different stage of life. And I think we'd all agree and all of you watching and listening, that shame, guilt, and apathy are not our friends related to our walk with Jesus and how we serve him and how we do the kingdom well. So the question that we want to wrestle down today is, how do I adjust my expectations about my walk with Jesus or how I serve him as I enter into a new season of life? So actually apathy, guilt, or, uh, you know, this idea of shame sort of doesn't control me anymore. So this is not going to be a classic sermon where we walk through a passage and verse by verse. And if it's your first time here, just wait till next week. We'll be back in diving into scripture deeply. But I do want to give three verses to set context because this is about wisdom. This conversation is about us gaining wisdom from people at different ages and stages to see how they have struggled or overcome and done well 
or how they have adjusted as they've entered into a new season of life. So just three uh, quick scriptures for all of us as a church. Uh, Paul boldly says in 1 Corinthians 11, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus. Uh, There's great wisdom out of Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. There's the famous quote from Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So those three verses are reminders that we are called to imitate others who are ahead of us. We are to be together and we are to listen to wisdom so we can do this better. And I think we'd all agree, we've all had people in our lives and we're like, Thank God they showed up to help me in an age and stage place. So we're going to walk and have a conversation together about how this changed. Now, all different people here, there's Bill. Lots of you would know Bill, and he was joking that he is the more wise among us today, right? But grandfather, empty nester, and then Robin married uh, uh, two kids. And yet we're going to talk about uh, some of you know, went through a life-threatening situation. Uh, That's Adam in the back, married two kids too, tired much of the time these days, uh, not all the time, but much of the time. And then uh, we've got Ange and Angela. Well, Angela's story is also, as many of us know, unique because uh, she's got teenagers, one in university, and then suddenly a miracle little child. So she's living. And then we've got Afwa, who is an amazing uh, intern from last year, who's now part of our community and staff. And she is just finished university and single and doing life in a new way. So that's the diversity. And I'm gonna start with Robin in the back. Hey Robin, good to see you. Hi John. Uh, You can say hi to everyone, lots of people. Hi everyone. (laughs) Bias to Port Perry right now. Hi Port Perry. Yeah, 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 okay. (laughs) So um, Robin, uh, you're married. Uh, You've got two beautiful kids. How old are your kids right now? Uh, Almost eight and almost three. Yeah, so busy, wild, wonderful years. Terrible years, great years. We all know the truth, right? And uh, so you're doing life, you're on staff, your husband also is in a ministry context somewhere else. And then during the pandemic, real quick, something horrific happens in your life. What happened? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a baby, which was great. Yeah. Um, You know, lots of headaches, migraines, and they're like, you know, it's normal. It's just, you're pregnant. It's postpartum. It's whatever. Those migraines keep escalating. Turns out I have a seizure on the day I was supposed to come back to work. So the day I was supposed to return from maternity leave to a new position here, um, I had a seizure. Thankfully, Jervis was there. He was able to take the baby from my arm so that we didn't all fall down the stairs together. Um, And then they found out, surprise, I had a brain tumor the size of a grapefruit. Right. And so uh, the next day I had brain surgery and I had to recover from that. Yeah. and And how long was the recovery for? Um, I don't know, technically six weeks. <laughs> yeah. No, I meant the extended recovery. Oh, the extended, the extended recovery was a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I was on a gradual return to work. So then it was like, okay, I was working eight hours and then I was working 12 hours a week before I ramped back up to working full time. So life is full, but good, yeah. uh, baby, uh, <laughs> COVID coming out of COVID. And then literally you're like, I might die. Yeah. So yeah. in the recovery process after that took place, Talk to us, because this is about expectations. And there's a lot of people in our church, there are thousands of people connected to our church, who life was normal, and then sickness struck, and then they're not only grappling with the theology of, oh my goodness, suffering and all of that. Talk about how you adjusted your walk with Jesus from what was to what those eight months felt like. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. I mean, there's two truths that God showed me and they seem like they're different, but they're both true. Okay. 
The first one is that, uh, you know, this beautiful verse in Isaiah about how he gently leads those with young. Every mom on maternity leave loves that verse. It's like, oh, he gently leads us, you know, when we have these little ones. Um, But it's true. And he showed me that he was gently leading me. And I also needed to be gentle with myself. He wasn't mad at me. He wasn't mad that I wasn't praying enough. I wasn't studying. I wasn't doing an inductive study on the book of revelations. Like (laughs) I just had a baby. I had no sleep. I was having migraines. I just had a surgery. I literally couldn't read my Bible for the first bit. So like I had to adjust and I had to be gentle and I had to do audio Bible a little bit and a worship song a little bit. And I had to just be gentle and know that God wasn't there judging me because I couldn't do what I used to do. Maybe an F West stage of life where you can pray for hours and hours and you can wake up early or spend the whole night praying or do these long Bible studies, suddenly I couldn't do that. Um, but the other truth, which seems different. So the first one is he he gently leads in allowing him to lead me in that process. Okay. But the second one is that we still need to prioritize spiritual practices. And so one of the things I learned actually from Alpha, um, but it's a a neuroscience principle, is about habit stacking. And so the idea is basically, you know, you already have all these habits. If you want to add a new habit to your life, you kind of tack it onto an existing habit. So for example, every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is I brush my teeth. That's the correct way to do it. I know people do things differently. The first thing I do is I brush my teeth. So if you want to learn to memorize more scripture... I put a sticky note on my mirror. And so every morning when I already have the habit of waking up, going to the bathroom, brushing my teeth, I see the memory verse there. And as I'm brushing, I can be meditating on the verse. It's a really small thing. It's not doing a three hour Bible study. It's one little verse. But what I found through my surgery, you know, after surgery, when I was alone in this room, locked away, I also had COVID the same time that I had the brain surgery. So I was isolated, obviously didn't have a phone, couldn't read a Bible. I was reciting verses I had memorized like 15 years before that. So if I hadn't learned those verses back then and had them in my heart, I couldn't pull them out at that time. Mm. And so again, it's not about, I need to pray for this many hours a day and read this many pages a day, but it's those little things. Or another habit stacking thing is every time I wash the dishes, I pray for my city. Some of us, we want to pray for our city. We want to pray for our nation. We want to pray for our kids. We want to pray for Pastor John. But we don't have three hours to do that. But you tack it onto something you're already doing. So as I'm washing dishes, I'm praying for my city. I know by the end of the year that I have prayed for our city hundreds of times because I have done dishes hundreds of times. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) Someone's like, Get her a dishwasher. No, no, <laughs> don't get her a dishwasher. We need her praying more. Now, no, so this is this is really important. So I just want to slow this down. So we, again, the goal for all of us, no matter where you're sitting or listening, we've got to gain wisdom because, again, if expectations are not correct, it kills the thing that's valuable. We know that about marriages, relationships, jobs, all of it. So uh, I love how you just started by saying, God uh, led you gently. So um, this idea for some of you that are dealing with sickness or age has changed or actually maybe you've had a a mental break, right? Because we're all dealing with so much stuff. This idea that you can't just keep up at the spiritual pace you used to have doesn't make God angry. Right. So just some of you need to hear that. Now, that's not an excuse for laziness if you're in another place. But I think most of our people don't struggle with laziness. I think they struggle with guilt. So that's a really insightful thing. And I love this idea of stacking, uh, redeeming it. It's funny. I, I, um, I clean the kitchen almost every night. Praise uh, the Lord. Yes, Good for you. Yeah, I do. I have a dishwasher, my but guy. I, yeah, yeah. But I, I, that's my thing. And actually that's a lot of time. That's an environment. Sometimes I also pray 
uh, externally for things, not mm. for family, yeah. uh, but for external things. I, I've, to say, redeemed that environment. Uh, now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, I'm cleaning and there's children screaming. We're going to get there. Uh, but that's that's uh, really insightful. Okay, so Bill, uh, let's just have a quick chat. So you, first of all, you've been in ministry for how long? 45 years. 45 years, okay. You've got uh, children, and your children live all around the world. I have one daughter. Okay, one daughter. Who lives in China. Okay. With three grandkids. Okay. And a husband. And a husband. Classic. And a husband. Uh, okay, yes. And so, very interesting. You are um, an empty nester. You're a granddad. Uh, you've been a pastor for a long time. Uh, can you talk to us about how your spiritual rhythm changed when you became an empty nester? What happened, if anything? Uh, what happened when um, things were not less intense? Because problems just change, mm -hmm. but a different space. Did anything change for you? Was there more time, less time? Did you reorient your thoughts? Well, it, it kind of happened gradually because okay. our daughter went away to university, so we she was still here, but not here, here, but, here but not here. Yeah, uh, I think the perhaps the the focus helped me to become more prayerful because she's not there and I can't watch her or, you know, yeah, right. keep, be aware of how it's going for her. And so I wonder how she's doing this morning. Right. Lord, Lord please bless her today. Lord, I, she has an exam today. So it, it was, it was stirring me to be uh, more interactive with God about circumstances perhaps. Yeah. Uh, would you say that, and, and I mean, you're in a unique position in this gathering to speak to this, but there is a moment, like I have a 16-year-old, 14-year-old, and 12-year-old, so I'm in a very different space than uh, you are at this moment. But I, I was talking to another pastor in New York yesterday, and I was just saying, because he was talking about his kids in ministry, and I was saying, you know, we have to prepare ourselves, you know, that, you know, our kids will leave, and we've got to trust them in the hands of God. Did you find that your, uh, your hands-on parenting slash spiritual connection uh, obviously had to change radically, and now that led you to a much more prayerful experience? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, it, I, I guess because it feels, looking back, it feels like a gradual process. Sure. I, I think what happened was that that our daughter Colleen was in, in, was in uh, high school, was taking on projects, was becoming her own person. Right. And, and the, you know, I wasn't going to go to the yearbook room and help her with that. <laughs> no. Uh, and, uh, and so it was, it was becoming more, more interested in her at a distance. Right. And, uh, so that gradually grew and, and I think that just developed the overall prayer life for me. And, um, when you became an empty nester, you're married to an amazing woman who mm -hmm. lots of us know in our own community did you find that um, as you moved, uh, you still were serving as pastor and then retired, but didn't really retire because you're still working with us, which is awesome. Did you find that you almost had more time again to do ministry that had been lost in the middle? I know it was your job, but just there's so many people who are about to retire, are retiring. And as I observe and listen carefully, I see sometimes among them, there's this sort of like, I'm retired, I'm done. But I also see others like um, fearful, I need to still try to control things and, and they haven't given up yet. 
and other people sort of almost double engage like they used to be when they were younger and single and loved you. Talk, talk, talk to us about that, uh, about engagement. Do you find there's more time to engage, less time? Because energy levels have changed too. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, that for us, we were always aware that God was at work. Right. And so it's, it was always a question of, okay, God, now what? Right. And so uh, when my big uh, ministry commitments were, were fading, employment commitments were fading, yeah. uh, we were saying, now what? And, and God gave us amazing now what's. Mm. So we got to go to Hong Kong and, and uh, work in a, uh, a, a help out a ministry there. Awesome. And then we got to go to Japan and help out a ministry there. Yeah. So it, and that just felt like, okay, God, what's next? Uh, there's good things in store. What's it going to be? And then you showed up at Pickering and then we found out about you and hijacked you. Well, <laughs> and your wife. <laughs> no, it's great. But I, Bill, I so appreciate because, of course, I talk to my parents regularly who are also uh, even older. And what I've appreciated about them and what you've just said is their worldview, your worldview is not, I'm done. It's actually, Lord, what's next? Mm -hmm. It's a very different starting point than I'm retired, I'm too jaded. I've seen it all and I'm done. Like, mm. thank you for that. Because uh, for a lot of you who are, we'll call you the wisdom among us, uh, we can't actually afford you to say I'm done. Mm. Uh, we need, we need uh, the elders of our church to go, not physical, like the elders of our church to go to demonstrate what's next. That's a very profound um, thing. And I also appreciate too how you, though it was gradual, I do think a lot of people who may, maybe are not even at your stage yet need to start saying, you know, Lord, how do I entrust my kids over to you or my reputation over to you? Because I think there's a lot of families in our church where that conversation is becoming a very strong reality. Mm -hmm. And it's really scary mm -hmm. for a lot of us, to be honest. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting world to raise kids in mm -hmm. uh, these days. So uh, totally opposite. Afwa, hi. How Hello. you doing? Okay, so um, you have just graduated from university. Yes. Where did you go to university? Uh, the University of Waterloo. Okay, yes. excellent. What did you take, by the way? Public health. Public health. Okay, <laughs> yeah. welcome to church. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that, that's great. And you were interning with us in the summer, and in now you're doing some amazing stuff with kids. And uh, you today, I saw, were surrounded by a thousand toys as yes. we were trying to organize <laughs> them for the church. So um, just real quick, uh, Christian history, grew up in a Christian home? Yes, grew up in a Christian home. Both of my parents follow Christ. Yeah, awesome. Diligently, yeah. yeah that, great. And then, so you grew up in a Christian home. When would you say your walk with Jesus sort of came alive? Alive? I would say around when I turned like 14. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I took a lot more hold of it. I don't I was actually, it's kind of a typical story, but you're at like a youth retreat. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, the, there's the worship and the pastors preaching and stuff. And I just felt in that moment, I was like, oh my, like I'm like, clearly like I need Jesus and I want Jesus in my life forever. Yeah. So yeah, that was when it was for me. Just a reminder, like I said two weeks ago, everyone <laughs> working with youth, another example of why it matters. Yes. Keep going. Okay, so in high school, uh, you start your walk with Jesus, and what did that look like? I mean, we got so many teenagers in our church. Just what were the basic rhythms you were trying to use as a teenager, if you can remember? Um, yeah, as a teenager, it was just like 
like those evening devotionals. Like I remember always just reading my, like I would do a devotion, like on the version app. Like I okay. would do the devotionals before I go to bed. Um, and then during the week there was youth group. So I would go to youth group okay. on like, I think it was a Wednesday then, but yeah, I would go okay. to youth group on a Wednesday. So that was really what my rhythms were. So it was youth group and then like my own like quiet time yeah. um, in the evenings. And then even with my parents, my parents were really good at also like having, like it was usually Sundays because Sundays we go to church, but when we come back, we cook because we're Nigerians. We cook yes. a lot of food. Yes, you do. <laughs> a lot of yes. food, jollof rice. Yes. Um, and then after we cook, my mom and dad, they would just like, sometimes all of us, because there's three of us, um, and sometimes individually, they would just want to know like, how, literally like, how's your walk with Jesus going? Or how's this week going at school? And like, try and pull Jesus into that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a really pivotal part, actually. That's cool. The you. holy ambush of Christian yes, parents. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it was, they did it so loving, so <laughs> caring. So it was never pr- a pressure thing, but it was nice to know that as parents, they were really, they cared about that. Yes. I parents. also love the generational bias. You're like, yeah, I did my devotions on you version. I just, it's, no, it's, it's so yeah, good. Exist. I, I, was, I, was, I was, depending on what age and stage you're like, yeah, no, it's, it, that's, that's amazing. Utmost for his highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utmost for his highest. Hey, don't diss him. He's good. Mornings and evenings. <laughs> yeah, Charles mornings, yes. So, okay. So then high school to university, mm-hmm. what changed, if anything? Um, I think what I found changed the most for me was every Sunday, my dad's like, okay, we're going to church. We get ready. We go to church. Now at university, I'm living like at school, like I'm living in an apartment. Like I have the choice right. whether I want to go on Sunday or not. And at first I like, before I even got to university, I already figured out what church I was going to. Okay. Like I already was like, I'm going to stay on, but slowly, but surely, like mm-hmm. I was like one Sunday I don't go. And then it starts to stack. Up. I'm like, Waffle, what's going on? So then I start to started to feel that like distance. I was like, I'm not in community. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to class. Like, you know what I mean? So, but then I would say like from university then to like, I guess like post twenties, like young adult, um, figuring out that like, I had to actually be intentional about going. It wasn't, Oh, dad's like, okay, like we're going to church. Like I actually had to be intentional about like, I'm going to church. I want to serve. I want to do my devotionals. I, you know what I mean? Without that, like them sitting me down on Sunday and like asking me how it's going. So I feel like I should, this, of course that's a little bit, if your parents are going to ask you about it, then I'm going to make sure I do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, there was a lot more intention behind why I want to do it because I just want to know Jesus more. So that was like the push, but I had to be more intentional with it. Yeah. So again, a lot of teenagers watching, a lot of young adults, I just very important that you catch this, that the practices that Afwa learned in high school sustained her in university. Mm-hmm. And then she actually started adulting, right? <laughs> Spiritual adulting, right? Yeah. And had to make the decision. But interesting, you said it was, I'll call it wrong stacking. You were doing right <laughs> yeah, stacking, wrong right? Stack. But wrong stacking yeah. where you, it's like, and this is, this is critical for everyone watching uh, because we want to deal with right expectations and we don't want shame or guilt or apathy to have a hold on us. And yet uh, there's a dangerous line where we go, it's one Sunday, then it's two Sundays, yeah. then it's three Sundays, then it's 10 Sundays. Mm-hmm. And wrong stacking is dangerous yeah. uh, really quick. Yes. So uh, interesting though, uh, you know, the devotional life that you had and how that actually, it didn't uh, change, it sustained you. Yes, yeah. That's great. Okay, Adam, in the back, Adam, right. how are you? Yeah, uh, great. So Adam, uh, how, how long have you been married for? Um, I'm coming up on 10 years. 10 years, man. okay, and you have two... Two lovely, two lovely little little babies. Little babies. And how old yeah. are the babies? Uh, my my daughter is three, almost four. My son will be turning two in um, in a month. Yeah. So like in the thick of the beginning. We, we out here. Yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. And again, as you and I have talked a lot about 
uh, life and parenting, yeah. and it is exhausting, and kids don't sleep well sometimes. So um, <laughs> before your kids came along, mm-hmm. uh, tell me about your rhythms with Jesus, and then how, when they came along, though their gifts, it burned a lot of it alive. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a con, com, tem, contemplative guy. Yes, I guess you, you are. Could say. Um, and I, I used to journal, and uh, I used to gather with friends and pray, and... Um, yeah, spend a lot of time with the Lord. I can remember um, in my early twenties, uh, we have a, a a basement in the house that I grew up in, and uh, it was like it was finished, but nobody lived down there. Tile floor. I remember being down there with for hours with a guitar, playing and worshiping the Lord, and and um, and it seemed like after I had kids, <laughs> that like bye bye bye. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough season, and I felt like it was compacted by a lot of things that had happened. Sure, uh, in my life in terms of. Just, just large, huge change in transition. Yeah, and um, and I felt like I went into like a desert regarding um, you know, disciplines and um, and and I feel like the Lord, like much like Robin's story, uh, how the Lord has been like through His kindness has been leading me to repentance and has been leading me back to Him, um, and has been so gracious and kind and merciful in how He, He, he you know, He's He's so He's so easy with me. It's okay, Adam. It's all right forward motion is better than no motion. So that's okay. Like, it's okay if you read the verse of the day today, it's not going to be like how you, how it was when you were in your twenties and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting just, uh, cause we talk about not only spiritual gifts in our church a lot, but we also talk about spiritual disciplines. And then, um, we've also talked historically about there are different biases in us mm-hmm. on how we connect with God. And, um, I love that, you, you know, you, you are a contemplative and so I just want, I want the whole crowd, please don't disconnect as we're doing this. Can you put your phone down and listen to this? Like, this really matters. You've got a guy who journals. Uh, you are, like, you basically organize the whole worship ministry here. You used to spend hours with the Lord singing, and suddenly you can't sleep at night. You're married. A bunch of other things take place. And every avenue you used to use is, is literally gone because the time's not there the ability's not there. So so I want you to hear from Adam again, the gentleness of God, how he slowly learn is learning a new rhythm. Are you back to what you used to have? Not even close. No, I'm not I'm not back to what I used to have, but it's something new and different and talk about that. What's the new what is the old thing bad? The old thing's not bad. No. Okay, no. so talk about new yeah. manna versus old. Like what does this mean to you? Yeah, the new the new thing is um is daily walking with the Lord and conversation with God in everyday things. And the Lord's been teaching me that he cares about the smallest of things. That it doesn't it doesn't have to be the big the big on your knees prayer at your bedside for hours, but it can be just hey, as we're driving to work like don't listen to any music, don't put on a podcast or anything, but let's just let's talk for a bit. And and the new thing is also, um, it's it's a it's a deep honesty with the Lord, mm. and I feel like that's the thing that maybe I was I didn't understand when I was before before that, um, and how to bring my whole heart, my whole self to the Lord, um, the frustrations, the anger, the things that I don't understand about myself, about my family, about life, about where I'm at, all those things that I can actually bring those things to the Lord. And he gently leads me along and he tells me and he gives me what I need on a day-to-day basis. Did you, um, when all that burned and collapsed, Mm -hmm. because it was pretty dramatic. It was. Right? right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you feel uh, angry you'd lost it or did you feel guilty that you weren't doing it or both? 
I think both. I think the guilt was there because um, I, in my, in the, the, the role that I was at at the last church, I was a, considered a spiritual leader. And so the guilt was there to say like, I'm everything that I preached and talked about and instructed people, I'm not doing myself. And that was really difficult to reconcile, to look in the mirror every day and to see that like, I'm falling short. I'm falling short of the things that I've said, not that other people have told me that I've said to people. Right. Um, and then the anger was there because it was a lot of searching for God in the old. God, why aren't you showing up like how you used to? Why aren't you doing the thing that you used to do? Why, why don't I see this thing like how I used to before? Um, and meanwhile, all the time, the Lord was just waiting to see like, Adam, I've got something new for you. Really uh, honest and profound. Um, uh, and you, you, know, you and I did a podcast um, a few episodes and uh, a few weeks ago, and we were talking. So I think, I don't know which, I think it's either 17 or 18 years, you and I have been connected together, doing ministry together. And so we've done a lot of life together. And um, so, you know, we've been on staff. We've, uh, we have similar aged kids-ish. Now you have one older, one in university. And then I remember, and a lot of the church knows this, some of the church knows this. I, I, you called me one day and you were like, uh, and you were about to take a very new position in our church. And you want to summarize what you told me that day when you called, <laughs> where you were just like, well. I think, uh, John, I just let you know that I was incredibly surprised <laughs> because I actually didn't think it was possible. Right. Um, but that uh, my husband and I had realized that we were pregnant, expecting again. Um, after my husband who had gone through a cancer journey, like we just, we just never thought that this was possible. Yeah. Um, and it was not part of my plan. No. And I remember telling you, and I think you laughed. I am sorry. You know, I think because we just have this kind of relationship, yes. you laughed and I said, Oh, I'm laughing too now, but I cried first. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't laugh at her. I, it was, it was laugh and shock. It was, yeah. um, I, yeah, I just remember, and you just going, oh my goodness, like you were about to become the site pastor at Ajax. There was huge adjustments post-COVID coming out. Your, your daughter was thinking about university and now maternity. I remember even the conversation. I think you said to me once, where am I going to get all the stuff again? Like all that stuff was gone. Stores don't even carry things anymore. <laughs> Everything's online yeah, and it's not like, like it used, used to, to be. be. Oh, there it is. There's the line. It's not like it used to be. Okay, so, so now you... Your life has radically changed. Um, talk to us about how, uh, once you discovered that and processed it, because, you know, you were very honest with the church and us. There was excitement. There was anger. There was what, you know, sorrow and all of this. Uh, talk to me about your walk with Jesus. How did it change? Uh, and what I mean is not just when you're pregnant. I mean, like, literally, as someone who has older children, now you got a baby. H how did this happen uh, spiritually, like, what did it feel like to you? Well, I think maybe John, you might've noticed when you asked Bill a question, I like leaned in because I was, I was looking towards that empty nest <laughs> season coming. Um, my daughter, as she was about to go to university, as I was, uh, thinking about, um, her starting to study psychology at a Christian university, I was very excited because for me, the way that I connect with the Lord and the spiritual discipline that I uh, love is study. So it's not just reading and I'm not like, yes, devotional reading is important. It's good. I do it every day, but I don't get time to study 
And I was looking forward as my kids were getting older because when they're teenagers, my time was freeing up yep. and I could study like I used to study. Okay. Um, and so when I was in university, um, I, I went to Bible college. I, I love to study scripture. And so for me, I was looking forward to that. I was also looking forward to reading my daughter's papers, helping her with papers. Sure, I, was like, sure. I was excited about this. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, knowing that I was going to be sleep deprived again and that um, uh, I was going to lose that flexibility of time, I needed to adjust. Um, but it was very difficult because I was striving there and I wasn't trusting. Mm -hmm. And so this was, I, I had to talk to the Lord about to say, um, God, I need to trust you in this. You've carried me through other seasons. Yeah, I yep. know I trust you because I know who you are and you're going to carry me through this again. Um, but I had been looking so forward to this. Could you change my expectations? Yeah. And he was so gracious and met me where I was at and helped me um, to realize I could still plan time to study, but it took intention, it took scheduling, and it took me relying on community like I hadn't before oh. in, in inviting them into my story to say, will you help me with the babe? Will you help me with um, th this other project? Will you come alongside this? And just really relying on other people so that I could say, I actually want to schedule a certain amount of time yeah. where I could just dive into scripture because that's how I believe I hear him most clearly. Yeah, interesting and uh, such good insight for the church again. I hope you're listening. This is wisdom that sometimes uh, as an age and stage uh, changes, uh, the reliance on community has to go up, not down. I think you've probably heard that every single time. Uh, but can you just for a moment, as because we're going to near nearing the end now, can you talk about grief. Because one of the things we haven't talked about is in every moment where a season changes, there can be new stuff and exciting stuff. But interestingly, uh, I, there's a grieving of what you used to have that you loved. Um, talked about how you talk to the Lord about that. Because my suspicion is, as everyone just slows down during this message moment, I hope everyone's slowing in their head. The question to ask is, have you even grieved what you used to have with the Lord that's lost? Like, that's a huge question uh, because that drives, again, apathy, guilt, shame. So can you just talk about, you talked about arguing with the Lord and wrestling with him. Can you just talk about the grief moment a little bit? And then he redeemed it, obviously, because he gave back study to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'll just mention that study, when you study scripture, it's incredibly important. You you read something over and over. You work hard to figure out right. what does it actually mean, but you have to take time to reflect. Right. And so grieving, you have to take time to reflect. You have to slow down enough to be able to think through, what am I actually feeling? And then to be able to bring it back to the Lord to say, God, here's my real emotion. I have lost. I have lost some expectation. I have lost some dreams. I've lost an experience that I once had. And maybe you can't physically even do something in, anymore. Like your brain just isn't clear enough yeah. to focus. Yeah. Um, and so you're wondering, like, how do I handle this? So I would say, one, acknowledging what that actually feels like, what that experience is, being honest and open about it to the Lord, letting him know this is what I'm experiencing. I take it to you now and I have to trust you with it. Yeah. I'm not going to keep holding on to it, but 
Instead of striving, I'm going to learn and let go. Trust you to be able to handle it. Yeah, and I think maybe an encouragement, uh, you know, because some of you in Connect Groups can talk about this as you do your own walk with Jesus this week. It would be really interesting to say, what have you lost what used to be, you know, the the journaling moment, right? The time with the Lord extended time. But, but, but more than that, it would be interesting to ask the Holy Spirit, uh, what's the new thing you're giving me I haven't seen yet or I need to acknowledge? Really quickly as we go to, an, uh, we end here, I just want to go quickly around everyone because we talk about why spiritual gifts are so important, serving, but why spiritual disciplines are so important to hear and be formed. So I just want to go around, I want to ask real quick, just one or two of your favorite spiritual disciplines and why in this in this season. So Robin, we'll start with you. Just, this is just you. This yeah. is, yeah, what, what yeah, you Yes, so this is an interesting one because naturally I'm very extroverted and I like to talk, obviously. Yes. So for me, um, silence and solitude is so, so important important for me for, to allow the Holy Spirit to work on me because naturally I just want to be around people and I just want to talk, yeah. but actually having the discipline to have moments of silence and solitude, I meet the Lord there. I, I receive visions from the Holy Spirit. I receive words or specific verses. Otherwise I'll just be busy, 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 talking, 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 and not actually hearing from him. Yeah. So s silence and solitude. And it's not just escaping your kids. It's deeper than that. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah it's not just reading no, from the kids. I'm totally, everyone Honey, in the church is like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that reason. And then there's this yeah. deeper reason. No, no, that's, that's awesome. Bill, what would you say these days for you? Uh, similar to Robin, it's meditation. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a stage for me where I need to be focusing on my being as opposed to my doing and getting the full value for my being. And that comes from just being with God. Yeah. And just to clarify, because again, we have seekers and skeptics and people from other faiths. When you mean meditation, you're talking, not talking about new age meditation. Just can you define what you mean by that okay. a little bit more? No, just because that's a, that's a no, I, word. I, uh, I find it's very helpful to use a guided Christian meditation. Yeah. So that beginning with scripture yeah. uh, and thinking about the scripture uh, or meditating on the scripture, allowing God to speak through yeah, that. That's great. And then that centers me down into remembering, okay, it's really all about me and Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about my do list. Yeah, yeah. And then out of that, I'm empowered for the do list. Right, that's awesome, yeah. And actually, on uh, Brandon uh, was talking about Lectio Divina last mm. week uh, online as a great example. Afua, what would you say, f uh, favorites or what you're doing <laughs> these days? I would say, number one, I, I love to journal, So, and I love mornings. So Okay. Mornings, journaling, and opening the Bible, I feel like is my definitely my number one way. I'm also, like Robin was saying, she likes the extrovert. I'm more interested. So I've been journaling since I was like nine. Like, okay. so that's a thing for me. So that's like my place. So, but re recently, as a young person, I do have more time on my hands. So being in community has been something I've been focusing on a lot mm -hmm. and letting, G like, just as, like even learning his character through the community around you, yeah. like ever since the internship in the summer yes, yeah. and being here a lot more, um, community is such an important thing. And I'm realizing that more and more. And even just being around people who are watching my walk and can like speak into that and things like that, like is so beneficial. So, that's, yeah. that's great. Adam? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it used to be journaling. And silence and solitude. Now I feel, I feel like when it's silence and solitude, I, I sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so now it's 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 being in community. Shout out to the Pickering small group. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's been absolutely life giving uh, to be around people who uh, who are wrestling out who are wrestling out the same things as I am. That's great, yeah. Ange. 
Well, I already mentioned that the discipline that I love is study, but I would say one thing that has adjusted for me is that because my time flexibility is less, instead of studying um, scripture solely, it's learning to study the world around me and creation around me and the people around me as well. And just being open to learning, always going into a conversation saying that I can learn from this individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so study still, but it's shifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scripture plus God's world. That's awesome. Uh, We hope that this has been thought-provoking, helpful, uh, and hopefully forming for you. But here's what I just want the whole church to take away as we end this series. Um, Are you being driven by guilt? I need to do more to get God's attention. Are you living your Christian life out of shame? I'm such a terrible Christian. Why would he even talk to me? Or have you said, it's just too complicated, life is too complicated, life is too busy, apathy, I'm just going to sit and escape. If any of those things have become dominant voices or experiences, that's a sign of unhealth. And so what we wanted to demonstrate is the ability to slow down, to grieve what you might have had, see what the Lord is up to, and actually invite you to a new place and a new rhythm that might bring some real spiritual health uh, in our community. So I'm just going to take a moment among my friends to pray for our church, and then we'll be done. So uh, thanks for three weeks ago where we talked about generational faith. May it happen. Thanks for everyone who's single in our church and everyone who's married in our church and everyone who's single again in our church. Thanks for what you spoke last week, and we pray that people who are single and married would flourish. Uh, We also pray now, Holy Spirit, you know every person's motives across our church. You know everyone's journeys. You know everything. So I'm going to ask that you, Father and Son, send the Holy Spirit across our church and sweep through motives, expectations, all of it, and begin to show people, here's the next step. Here's the next spiritual discipline. This is no longer, and this is where you need to go. Don't let the enemy confuse it, and don't let anything that's good, that's not your will, confuse it. And we just pray for a deep joy in our church and less apathy, less shame, and less guilt. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And we said across the whole church and together, amen. Amen. And thanks, everyone. Hope that you are having an amazing Sunday, no matter what site you are at today. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit our website at sanctuschurch.com. There you'll find ways to support our ministry and God's vision for this church. Last but not least, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to hit that follow button to be notified when another episode releases. God bless your week and we'll see you next time.